right, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. Your boy Samuel here. I got Rico here. Rico, say what's up. Yo, what's good, y'all? Alright, that's that's it for today's episode. But we got um we got some headlines first before we actually get into our main discussion for today, which is um the NBA awards that we're gonna be picking. Um so first first headline is um Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau as their head coach as recently as I think it was yesterday. Um I mean, I wasn't a fan of the hire because I personally thought that Kenny Atkinson was probably the best man for the job, but they chose Tom Thibodeau. I guess they want to, I guess, move forward towards winning, but I don't know. Rico, how do you feel about the the Tom Thibodeau hire? I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like, honestly, that might have been like, the safest choice I feel like for the Knicks because I mean they could have got you know like a Kenny Atkinson which have, which wouldn't have been bad probably would probably would have been like a slightly better fit honestly for the Knicks but I feel like with Thibodeau they have the opportunity to like really like you know work on their defense and like you know basically mentor some of the young guys he got there I mean him being a mentor didn't really seem to work out in Minnesota but I think it'll be slightly better Mainly because you know the Knicks have a couple of def- the Knicks have like you know like Mitchell Robinson and then the Frank Nilakina. They have a couple more players that's more centered around you know playing defense. So it's possible for them to be a little bit better with Tom Thibodeau than you know a coach that might be a little bit more offensive or balanced. Yeah, and one thing that was brought up is that um, the guys in Minnesota, they're like they were, I guess. The, the term is they were losers, Wiggins and Cat. So they were the ones that were really complaining about um, Thibodeau's style. But guys like Jimmy and Luol Deng and Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah, those guys, they've won under Tom Thibodeau. So they never really had a problem with his coaching style. And you never really heard about it. The only time we really heard complaints about Thibodeau was when he went to Minnesota, which is where these guys are known for losing. And ever since him and Jimmy have left, I mean, nothing's really changed that much in Minnesota as far as, um, I guess, winning goes there. So that's also one thing to point out. Word, word. I just hope that with Thibodeau that um, the the Knicks, Knicks fans and um, James, James Dolan isn't so quick to want to um, fire him because the last couple coaches, almost every single one of the last coaches that we've had in New York, have not really um they haven't finished their contracts out. They usually fired like at least two years in. So I would love to see the Knicks let Thibodeau deal with these guys, develop them, see how things go, and then past the year two, let's see how things really are. Cause our the Knicks team is really is still actually really young with guys like um Frank and Kevin who some fans are quick to give up on, but these guys are like literally like 21 and 20 years old. And then Mitch is like 21 and RJ is like 20, I believe. So like, it's a very young team. So I think there's, you just have to give them time to um, develop and hopefully Thibodeau learn from his past, his past couple stops as well. So not, to, not to um, work his players. Yeah. Cause he has a tendency to like, just 
keep he he tend he has a tendency to really play his starters a lot, which there's no problem with, but you have to manage that well. That's facts. I mean, we'll see though. I feel like I feel like definitely it it, it it's it's not it's not a terrible hire. So I'm not yeah, really mad at it. So, it's yeah. not because a lot of people a lot of people like to just to just rip on the Knicks because they're the Knicks and that's understandable. But at the uh, same time, you also got to look at things from like a logistical standpoint um, point of view and you just got to see it for what it is, for what it is. Cause the, this hire is better than this is the, probably the best coach that we've had since probably Van Gundy. I'd say as in like resume wise, you could say that. Yeah. Cause the Knicks. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. You could definitely. Cause like he's a former coach of the year. We saw what he did with those Bulls teams. I mean, he had Joakim Noah even looking like an MVP candidate in 2014 before Joakim Noah started dealing with all these injuries. So we we know that he can sort of adjust and play different styles if needed to. And we we also know that he can do a lot with, I guess, less in a way where we saw. I don't know if you remember 2013 with Nate Robinson when Derrick Rose was dealing with those injuries. He had that like rotation of um. It was Nate Robinson. I forgot who else was on the team, but there was also a point where they were dealing with um, C.J. Watson and John Lucas III as their point guards as well. So he's showing he can get it. He can still adjust and do things on the fly as well. So I am holding out hope for Tom Thibodeau, hoping that he can be the one to finally turn things around here in the garden. But you never know with the Knicks. You got to be cautiously optimistic, as I've learned over the years. Facts. I feel like. The Knicks definitely, you know, they they did pretty decent with their new with their new hires. I feel like all the Knicks gotta do now is just, you know, keep chipping away, draft some more talent, and I feel like eventually they'll be good. Facts, facts, facts. Uh onto a lighter hearted story, I guess, is um Lou Will has to quarantine for ten days as a result of him going to Magic City, the gentleman's club, when he left for an excused um family emergency. So yeah, Lou Will. He um, I guess baited. <laughs> he bro, he didn't even need to do that. I feel like NBA players, you know, they gotta understand that, you know, like they're NBA players and that there's <laughs> people that they hire just to watch you. So it's like facts. If you're just gonna get up and post a picture of yourself <laughs> on like social media, like they're gonna like they're gonna get spotted, bro. Just don't do it. If you're gonna do it, do it and don't take any pictures. One of the funnier things is that Jack Harlow, after he deleted it, he tweeted out that um, he tweeted out, "Oh, I was just reminiscing about um, I was just reminiscing about me um about me and Lou Will hanging out. I miss him, you know. This is an old picture, but like everyone knew that wasn't like no old picture. We knew Lou Will had already left the bubble at that time and was most likely headed back home to ATL. So it's just dumb. Um." He said he, he claims that he didn't go there for the nightclub. He claims that he went there for um the wings. And he actually has, I think, he has some lemon pepper wings named after him at Magic City. So who knows? He could be telling the truth. But I mean, I feel like he can't really recover from it. He can try to act like it. But, like, you know, he seemed pretty happy in that, in that picture, not going to lie. So, you know, <laughs> you can't fool me. Where I don't think you just go into Magic City, take a pick with um Jack Harlow and pick up some lemon pepper wings and be on your way. Like That's facts. <laughs> Man, this quarantine 
has really quarantine and like COVID nineteen really has shown like like what some people would do. Like you know, you had like Dwight Howard <laughs> saying he won't wear a mask. You got you got <laughs> players just doing everything to like break break quarantine, which is crazy. Yeah, you. I mean, we had um Rashawn Holmes. He went over the bubble. Um, I guess boundary line to pick up some food that he ordered from Postmates. I guess. Because they said Postmates won't enter the bubble, you have to actually go outside the um, hotels and 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 go pick it up. And he had to he he's still under quarantine, I think, um, or not. I don't remember. And then we had some other players that um that broke quarantine unintentionally, and I was just like, how do you break quarantine unintentionally? Like, nah, because I think. Then nah, I think I think you had told me it was like Kelly Oubre or something. It was like oh, Kelly Oubre tweeted out. Um, you guys can go. You guys can order Postmates. They just won't pick it. They just won't. Um, they won't hold the food for you at the door or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Rashawn Holmes is the one that got caught, and he's the one that got. Um, he had to re quarantine. Bruno Caboclo from the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He he unint- he he said he mis- They said he mistakenly broke quarantine, and then he had to re quarantine again. So I was just like, wow. Okay. Bruno Caboclo, though I'm not gonna. I didn't even know he was on the Rockets. This, I thought he was. I remember when he was coming into the league, they were saying he's supposed to be like the next KD. He's been quiet. Brazilian but, KD. Yeah, man, ain't show up. He's two years old. He they the, the famous line that was used for him at the draft was he's two years away from being two years away. So, who knows when that two years will finally be up and he'll finally be ready. I mean, he did. He did. He did some calm things in Memphis. I think it was last year, mm-hmm. but like he showed like little glimpses. I think he's still he's still pretty young though, so I still would give him a little bit of time. You know, you can't really judge. A lot of guys in the NBA are still late bloomers, so he's twenty four, so got plenty of time. Facts. So we'll see. Yeah, but I don't know if the Rockets will ever use him. That's one thing. Word. Maybe I feel like he's gonna just he, he might just get traded in all honesty. Yeah, that's what's that's what's been happening to him. I thought he had a spot on Memphis solidified, but then I just found out that he um I think he was traded. Mm-hmm. Let me see real quick. Yeah, he was traded to the Houston Rockets for Jordan Bell. Word. Yeah, so who knows? Um other news we got is some players are entering the bubble now or re-entering the bubble. Zion came back from his family emergency, and he has to only re-quarantine for four days, and he'll be ready by the time the season actually is going to restart for real. Um, the Bucks are receiving Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton, who had COVID-19. They are both... Um, Bledsoe, I think, is about to start scrimmaging with the team, and Connaughton just landed there last night. We got um, Bam and Nunn. They also entered the bubble for the Miami Heat, and I saw Nunn the other day for one of the um, scrimmage games. Um, Patrick Beverly also returned for the Clippers to the bubble, so there's that. And the Nuggets got um, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter Jr., and I'm not sure who else. I think it was... um, I think they also got Monty Morris, but I'm not sure. So it's good to see a lot of these guys are finally getting into the bubble, getting adjusted, getting quarantined, and um, 
we'll be ready to go hopefully for the time by the time the seat the seating games begin. Facts. Um, another player we have leaving the bubble is Sabonis. Really big piece for Indiana, possibly their best player this season. Um, left the bubble for foot treatment. I know we spoke, I think it was the last podcast I spoke with um Jaleel and Frankie about his um plantar fasciitis he's dealing with. And it seems like it's way more serious than it was originally thought. So um hopefully he gets better. I don't know if he'll be ready for by the time the playoffs even start or whatnot. So that's that's a that's a that's a big hit because I mean Oladipo, he he doesn't look like he's gonna step up, if I'm being real. Like I feel like that's a big piece that they needed going into like, you know, the playoffs and things like that. Yeah. And um Oladipo's actually looked pretty good in the in the scrimmages, I'll say that. Um This Indiana team is actually deeper than I realized when I was looking at their roster. But at the same time, Sabonis is really that piece that they they needed for everything to come together if they really wanted to, um, I guess, surprise the team in the first round. I know the way things are right now in the standings, they are uh, like they are set to face, I think, Miami if they if the play if they stay where they are right now. So there's that. But I'd have Miami over them regardless, anyways. So. Do you do you have do you have Miami making a deep run? Oh, definitely. Miami's 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 one of my sleeper teams for sure. Um so players actually have been um a lot of draft prospects have actually been invited to the combine, but there is no word on when or if there will be an actual event. <clears throat> So it's good to see that there there might there is a chance that there might be a combine because there's some sort of normalcy, I guess, returning to the um, NBA draft process because we knew early on that the, the combine was actually canceled in Chicago earlier this year. So there's that. Um, also in August, uh, most likely the eight teams that were not invited to the bubble We'll have a week-long mini camp and then some sort of summer league type of, I guess, games in August. So, I feel like by um, that's true. I think, I think that I think I feel like they might actually follow like fall through with the actual combine because I feel like. So far, I mean, so far at least, Disney seems to like it's like going pretty well, and I feel like they did a good job of like you know like picking a campus and like you know organizing the event. So mm-hmm. I feel like you know for the combine, I feel like by then you know they'll they'll have like you know have the rookies be able to go through like their the drills and things like that. There probably be like something where it's like you know probably just like certain number of scouts there, et cetera, et cetera, probably send like videos uh, you know a couple other things they might do to to really try to get the the prospects that 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 view but um with going in, hopefully they do get to play in the summer league though cuz i feel like that's that's just something you know like rookies got to do to really like you know start their nba career yeah, and the thing about that too is the with this week long mini camp, it would happen before the draft because the draft is set to happen in October. Yeah, so the rookies they wouldn't even have a chance to participate in this mini camp. It would be like a lot of the 
the young guys from these teams, especially like teams like the Knicks, Cavs, Bulls, Hornets, it'll be a lot of the young guys from those teams that will be playing in this mini camp, I guess. But with the rookies, they would probably just jump right into the fire with the with the regular season, uh, with training camp and regular season that's allegedly supposed to start in December. I don't know if December is definite yet because it seems really close after the finals are in October for um, the new season to start in December, not even giving these guys a full, I guess, two months to even recoup and whatnot. So, Word. Speaking of like the NBA return, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what they do for their return because you know they definitely do got to give the NBA players some type of like rest. Yeah, I saw one report that they may hold. They may um hold off on the season, and um they may they may push it back to March if things really die down with with how things are going here in the states. March though, I feel like March is a drag. I feel like they should they could definitely do like January. <laughs> yeah. I feel like January is way more I've doable. Could, yeah, because March, I feel like by March that will that'll probably like really throw off the um the NBA calendar because then everything else will start late again because you yeah. start the season so late. So best case scenario, they should definitely start like January so that they can probably just like Start so then, then for like that next upcoming summer, they can like you know have that stuff to be regular like with the draft, the combine, and etc. Or one thing that they could do is also just shorten the season for that next upcoming year, because I think it was the ninety, the, yeah, the ninety nine season. The ninety nine season was like fifty games, I think it was, and it was packed in a short amount of time. So they may do that again, possibly. I don't know, but yeah. The um the following season after this season is very up in the air. I mean, it's glad to have basketball back now, but we also got to think about how the seasons will be impacted in the future as well. So, word. All right. So on to the main discussion of tonight. Tonight we are picking M- um NBA awards MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player. Coach of the year, possibly executive of the year. I don't know yet, but definitely we'll pick the majority of those picks. Where do you want to start first with these awards? Because I know MVP is like the hot topic, but we may want to keep that for like towards the end, possibly. I don't know where you want to start I, with the awards. I say we can start with uh, maybe we probably get like coach of the year out the way or maybe right. six man. All right. So you want to go first, or I got? I, I think I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, for coach of the year, um, I might have to go Nick Nurse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like he for what he's done, what he's doing with Toronto, but what he's what he's doing with Toronto, you know, you just gotta give him his props. I feel like another good contender for that would probably be, um. Not Eric Spol. I mean, Eric Spolster is another good, uh, good option. But I was thinking maybe um, not Brad Stevens. I can't think of the coach. Billy Donovan from OKC. Yeah, Billy Don. Yeah, yeah, Billy Donovan. That's a fact. Yeah, him. Because looking at the OKC team, no one saw that OKC team 
making the playoffs. So it was like, yeah. you know, the addition of Chris Paul went, you know, pretty smooth considering like, you know, Westbrook was like, Westbrook took so many shots, but I mean, you can credit that to Chris Paul, but I feel like part of it is also coaching. True, true, true. Yeah, for me, it's either Nick Nurse or Billy Donovan because Nick Nurse with Nick Nurse, I mean, we all expected Toronto to, I guess, be serviceable this year, but we didn't expect them to be like still contending in the East the way they are a year after they lose their best player, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. who basically won the finals for them. So having him leave and then having Pascal step up and then having the rest of the roster still be the way it is is a credit to not only Nick Nurse, but also to Masai Ujiri for, um, I guess, holding up the roster. But Nick Nurse for continuing to have this roster competitive and still competing for a title. I mean, some people, some people out there still think that Toronto can repeat. So there's that out there. But yeah, definitely him, and then Billy Donovan as well. For I mean, you named you said the reason you nailed the reasons right on the head. Word, yeah. There, surprisingly, you know, there's a there's a couple of good coaches in the league right now. You know, I, I feel like, but Nick Nurse definitely's gonna take it easily. All right. So we which which which, which award do you want to move on to now? Um, I say six man. Six man. Yeah, just, just get them out the way real quick. All right, for six man, I had um, I had Dennis. We had Dennis Schroeder for six man. Hmm. I don't know. I was th- I was leaning either toward more towards either a Montrez Harrell or like a Lou Williams. I mean, I see the appeal with the dynamic duo off the bench for the Clippers, but I have Schroeder because I think um, Schroeder he's matching his career high nineteen points per game off the bench now before he was doing that with i think atlanta he was starting Mm -hmm. and then he's also part of the oklahoma city's best lineup out there which is chris paul shea gilgis him danilo galinari and steven adams and that's i think the best or one of the best starting um one of the best five five man lineups in the whole nba and they use that lineup to finish their games so but I do see the appeal with Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams mm-hmm. because they both are um, solid scorers off the bench. And I'm sure the six man of the year race will come down to those three because I feel like those three are the most, like those are the best um, guys coming off the bench in the NBA. Right. I think, I think honestly, if it came down to it, I'll probably, I'll, if I had to narrow it down to two people, I would probably go either, Go between Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder, only because you know you did provide you did you did make a good point with saying that Schroeder, you know, he is averaging his career high. I didn't, I honestly didn't know that. Yeah. So I I think it's very. I think you can give it to Dennis Schroeder, but Montrez Harrell, he kind of worked for it though, kind of. Yeah, and with Montrez and Lou, they also have like the hype, I guess, of them being in LA. Mm-hmm. So that also backs up their. That kind of backs up their case a little bit, I guess. And they are two of the people that are in, I guess, the the, um, the Clippers closing lineups as well. Or, yeah, because because uh, I feel like also with Montrez and Lou Williams that duo, they kind of they do they do come they be, they close games for the Clippers in a lot of games. So yeah, yeah. 
All right, so next award. Next award, I want to move on to most improved player because I feel like this field is actually bigger than we think it is because a lot of people, they have either like Bam or Brandon Ingram, but I think Luka and Jason Tatum can make some pretty solid cases for most improved as well because you got Jason Tatum. We all know that stretch he went on. I think it was in like January or February it was where he just started going off averaging like 30 plus per game. And he was shooting like phenomenal from the field. I so do. there's that. But I mean, can you? I feel like Tatum. You can't. I feel like you can't say Tatum would be most improved, only mm-hmm. because, only because I feel like Tatum when he came, Tatum came into the league and he. I feel like he was already like you know playing pretty decent. I feel like there's a couple other. There's a couple more people that. Maybe deserve a little bit more than him, not to discredit you know that run he went on and like. Oh know. yeah, of course. But I'm not. I'm not saying that he's my pick though. I'm just okay, saying that. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that he's part of the field because I know people narrow narrow the field down to Brandon Ingram and Bam Adebayo. But I feel like Jason Tatum could also be included in that field. And another player is Luca. Luca was averaging I think almost thirty and and thirty like almost thirty eight and nine per game this year. So. But I know the I know the popular pick is actually Bam Adebayo. From looking from doing my research, I I saw that Bam Adebayo is actually one of the better is one of the more more popular, most improved player picks this um for this season. I think another good pick would be. Uh, I feel like you also can't count on Brandon Ingram because Brandon. I feel like Brandon Ingram did make a big jump too because Brandon Ingram yeah. went from like. He was like Brandon Ingram was also was always like you know looking to like make that step into like you know being like a star in the league and I feel like this season on the Pelicans he did that not just be a star but he definitely stepped up his play Can't say yeah he's a star. and the funny thing is about all the 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 most improved candidates they all were um most they were all all stars for the first time this year so there's that too. Which makes this pick it makes this pick kind of hard because you 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 technically won't be wrong with picking any of these guys for most improved because they all did improve in one way or another. Facts. I thought it, Graham low key. I he, mean, he, he I, wouldn't win it, but because he, he slowed down, yeah. He he had a case at the beginning of the year, but the way his season ended, it was not yeah, like his wasn't. numbers dipped down fast. Terrible. Yeah. My 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 only argument to that is that he played like I think he played most I feel like he missed like he didn't miss that much games and I think he was playing like more he was playing a good like if I feel like it was him and Terry Rozier playing like like maybe like thirty minutes a game. I correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. I think like thirty minutes a game. But I, I agree with you because he did start to slow down towards like the other half of the the season. But he he did step it up a little bit. Not someone to win the actual award, but someone who definitely did step up this season. Yeah, I mean, his case for the beginning of the year was like there was like no dispute. Like everyone was like Devonte Graham, Devonte Graham, Devonte Graham, and then like he just like fizzled out and kind of disappeared for the rest of the year. Word, yeah. I feel like some people say it's fatigue. I might say it's fatigue, but possibly. But yeah, he def he I don't know. 
For me, my pick is always is was always Brandon Ingram for this whole year because I was like I I I was starting to actually doubt if Brandon t- Brandon Ingram actually had this in him because <laughs> like because like it was like three it was like I think it was like three years in L.A. and that last year in L.A. he finally started to show it and then boom he has the blood clots thing and then it's like oh, oh boy yeah. what's gonna happen with him and then this year he came out no zion to start the year and then he showed out he showed why he belongs in the league and that he can be as he can be a leading star for a team so yeah that's my pick for um most improved player of the year for this year i feel like brandon ingram because I agree with you, because Brandon, I mean, I'm not a Brandon Ingram or a KD hater, just to clear the air, but <laughs> I feel like Brandon Ingram, he, he, I, at first, I didn't think he was going to eventually, like, ever step up and be like, you know, that other guy on the team. And he shocked me, honestly, in, in New Orleans, because he came, because he came to New Orleans with Lonzo and that trade. And he, he, like, you know, he was, I think, how much is he averaging now? Maybe like, like 21, maybe. 20 I think it was 24 a game I believe. Yeah, 24 a game like that's it's pretty solid. I can't lie. Shout out to Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Facts. And he showed like good play he he's always shown great playmaking, but I feel like this roster was pretty it was built pretty well around him that he his his playmaking could be showcased way better. And then um he had the ball in his hands a lot like yeah, he's averaging twenty four a game. Yeah, yeah. I'm but looking I, at his stats right now on on, on um, Basketball Reference, and it's crazy. It's it's crazy to say, but like before this season, like including myself, I thought I thought maybe Kuzma was gonna you know step up and be that player. Before Kuzma's a joke. Kuzma is a joke. I t- I bro Kuzma. I don't know when he decided to just stop caring about ball and just be like a Hollywood like like star kind of thing, but like he wants to be a model. That's what he wants to be. Yeah, like he don't gonna, care about ball. And it's crazy because I feel like he started hearing what everybody was saying. Like you know, because after they traded, they traded everyone away, and they were like, "Oh, Kuzma, you're gonna be the third guy." Facts. And then he saw that and was just like, "You know what?" I already don't want to be that third guy, but you know what? I'm going to just act like I'm the third guy, and I'm going to just, you know, get this clout real quick. And then, <laughs> man, I feel like. And that first scrimmage game, I know it's scrimmage, and we're not supposed to, like, really take anything away from the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Oh, he did have a good scrimmage game. That was He did one. have one good scrimmage game, but it was after the horrible first scrimmage game where he couldn't guard Luka Doncic to save his life. And then there was one play, I don't know if you saw, where he got the rebound, looked off LeBron, went down the paint, went down into the paint, and missed the open floater. <laughs> nah, that's wild. I did not see that. Like, bro, what are you doing? If he plays like that instead of the second game for the rest of the playoffs and whatnot, he's out of there. Oh, for a fact. And I, you know what's crazy? When when he does like get traded or whenever he has that bad streak, he's gonna he's he's gonna go out like really bad because you know the the like Laker fans they're not gonna let him just walk away like it's nothing. LeBron fans are not gonna let him walk That's away. Too, we saw yeah. what LeBron fans did to um Jordan Clarkson, 
Rodney Hood. Remember how they performed in the finals? George Hill, J.R. Smith. They never let these guys live it down. So if you come out and stink it up, it's clipped. That's right. All right. Um, let's see. What's the next award we want to get to? Which one? Do, which ones do we have left? Kind of we have we have defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and MVP. The big three, I would say. Oh, you could do the defensive DPOY. Defensive player of the year. I actually do my research on this one because you know I'm not really like on the yeah. I feel I'm you. not really one to like really like go into like defensive box score numbers and whatnot and look at all the advanced stats. But you know, I really sat down. I took my time. I looked at all of it, and I was like, you know. A lot of these guys, they make a great case. But I got to go with the guy that's anchoring the best defense in the league, which is Giannis. So you're going, um, that's not bad. Yeah, Giannis, he, the the Bucks have one of the best defensive rating. They have the best defensive rating, I think, since, um, what is it? I got it right here. Hold up. Um... They got the best defense in the league since, I think, 2015-2016 season, which is when we know Golden State was at their peak with that 73-9 team, and that team's defense was really good. But um, also with um, Giannis, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, but with Giannis, um, he could guard one through five. We all know that. Um, Very hard to score on him, shut down passing lanes and whatnot. Rim protector. Um, he's also um he, he is averaging fewer blocks this season than he has in the past five, but his opponents are shooting forty one point nine percent against him at the rim. So I feel like those 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 pretty much lock him in. But I mean Davis Davis has a pretty convincing case as well though. Yeah, I feel like me personally, I will go, I will go Anthony Davis. Hmm. Just. Because I feel like Anthony Davis does have like a like a good impact on the field, and like he definitely gets a couple blocks. But I feel like it can it can it could go either way. Because you know Giannis definitely you know he 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 Giannis also does like he guards a lot of like teams like best player like not necessarily like, all the time, but most of the time like you know if it's like the Bucks playing like the Lakers or something like that, Giannis would be guarding like a LeBron versus like AD. AD doesn't AD's not gonna be guarded like a AD's not gonna be guarded like a you know like a Kawhi like, Leonard. Yeah, a Kawhi Leonard or something like that. He's he would be guarding like a Joel Embiid, but there's not many Joel Embiids out there. Yeah. But with um Davis, the Lakers are third ranked in defense this year, and he is their better he he um Davis is their anchor down low as the rim protector. He's averaging two point four blocks per game. That's third in the league. And he um allows point ninety three points possession points per possession allowed around the rim, so that's pretty good. That's in the seventy seventh percentile of the league. So I mean he's he's right up there with Giannis. I mean it could go either way with defensive player that year. I think, but I got Giannis because I feel like having the ha- being the best defensive player on the best defensive team. I feel like that should warrant you that because I feel like that's what got Rudy Gobert and like Draymond Green their past defensive player of the year awards. So. The league's gonna be consistent. I'd rather them be consistent again. Um, next award we got is Rookie of the Year. I'm not gonna lie. 
<laughs> nah, I'm not. Nah, I'm not even going. I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to do that. John, John Morant, he he's I, got I, it. I, yeah, I, I'll give it to John Morant, but I also feel like Zion also deserved it. I feel like even though he did play like a little amount of games, I like you. He did. He did show up in the games he did play, but it's like I can understand why you would want to give it to John Morant. Like why John Morant should win because you know he's been he's, more. He's been played more games and things. Yeah. like Yeah. I feel like just playing more games and then the fact that he has the Grizzlies in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, Zion has the um Zion has the Pelicans in the playoff hunt, but like that but too. most of that work was done before Zion started playing, like with um Brandon Ingram leading the team and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But also the Grizzlies were expected to be a rebuilding team. Like everybody was like, all right, they got nice pieces, you know, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, you know, they're building something nice. They got a nice team where, you know, no one expected it to come together um, this quickly, I guess. And with Morant, he's actually, um, he's among the league leaders in clutch scoring. So he gets it done in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that's a lot to ask for for someone in their first year, but he's getting it done so far. So got to give him credit for that and you got to give him the award too. I mean, as much as Zion amazed people in those 19 games, it's a small sample size and we got to respect the person that's been doing it all year, I think. Yeah, I could respect that. I feel like John Murray, John, you're right. You, can, you can't make the argument that that the Pelicans were already going to make that, you know, that playoff run basically because of Brandon Ingram. But I feel like yeah, I mean, John Morant definitely should win the award. But Zion, I don't know. When he was when he got in that game, he 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 was showing up. You know, he, was, he was. And you know, he he proved he proved a couple of people wrong, you know. Like, you know, some of the people who were like, you know, oh, he can't like consistently shoot. I mean, he didn't shoot crazily or nothing like that, but you know, when he got an open shot, you know, he took it and made it, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But one encouraging thing I think for Zion though is I think they said that we saw how he toned up during this break, but also that um, I saw some clips from him in practice. But I think his jumper looks a little different, and I think it looks improved actually. So yeah, I think I think I think that his jump shot, his the future for his jump shot bodes well. Yeah, I feel like the good thing with Zion is that you know he's open to taking them. You know he sees. He's like he's whenever he's open, he takes it and he's and he's making them decently. I mean, he is a like a poor free throw shooter, but what can yeah. like, what did you expect really? But I feel like you know, these are all things he can work on, and I feel like he's still like so young. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Zion Zion definitely he shouldn't be counted out the race, but John Morant definitely deserved the award. Yeah, he's pretty much got it on lock at this point. Yeah. All right. On to the last award, the big one, MVP. Who you got? <laughs> I got that man, LBJ. <laughs> that man, LeBron. I, I give I give him MVP. I wouldn't people – can, people say Giannis, but I don't know. I feel like what LeBron is doing in the West with the Lakers, you know, even though he does have Anthony Davis, I feel like what he's doing in the West is pretty. It's pretty it's something you can't just ignore. And I feel like Giannis did get it last year. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is Braun year. 
that's just how I feel for the MVP. All right, all right, all right, all right. I got I got that boy Giannis going back to back. I can respect that. Cause you know, the whole LeBron, the West. See, my my problem with the NBA media, I think we all got this problem, is that they're so inconsistent. So I don't know if you remember the narratives from, you know, when Steph and KD were together. It was like, they can't be in the MVP race. They cancel each other out. So here I am in 2019-2020 season. I'm like, all right, so there's no way Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to be considered for MVP this year, right? right? And come to see this year when things... When things start heating up for, for the Lakers, they're like, who's MVP? Is it LeBron? Is it Anthony Davis? And then as we get closer towards the – before the season abruptly stopped, there was a lot of steam going towards LeBron. And then I guess another problem I had – this is a, this was a personal issue. I, not a personal issue for me, but, like, this was an issue I see a lot of people picked up on, is that some people were, were trying to use Kobe's death – and the whole issue with China as reasoning for LeBron's MVP. Like yes. I could I I could like I could respect if you pick LeBron for your MVP. I have no problem with that. When you start using other things out of his control, like the the death of a of a friend and a legend, and then using um and then and then on top of that, we got um we got Kendrick Perkins and Clutch Media out here bashing AD saying he's not a top five player and we never considered him a top five player. And without the Lake, without LeBron, the Lakers would be like a lottery team. And I was like, Whoa, like we, I was like, we really got to the point where we're, we're bashing Anthony Davis now. Like that's, that's what it's come to. But um, yeah, for my reasoning for Giannis is not, not just the best team thing. Cause I know like, his record, his record, and LeBron's team records are actually pretty close. Like the Lakers started to close the gap on them because the Bucks started to like struggle towards the end. But um, he's averaging 30, 14, and six on less than 30, 31 minutes per game. I feel like that's pretty good. Um, the Bucks have the best record and the best net rating in the NBA, and also with Giannis. Um, man, let me pull up my article because. Check out the fastbreaklayup.com. Um, short little plug there. But I actually wrote about why I had Giannis as MVP. A little more um, analytical based, a little more basketball nerd based. Any basketball nerds out there listening will probably have fun with um, this piece I wrote on um, the MVP race. Um. The Bucks, yeah, they outscore teams by about 11 points per game. They score about 118 points per game. That's all anchored by Giannis. Um, and another thing was that before this, before LeBron really started to pick things up, because he was always on like he was always on like an MVP level, but he starts to really pick things up towards like um, towards like March, end of February and into March, he started to pick things up. And before he started to pick things up, a lot of people were like. All right, Giannis got this thing locked down, but is it going to be unanimous this year? I feel and, like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, I, I feel <laughs> like 
at first, you know, early earlier in the season, yeah, I feel like you know a lot. Yeah, definitely, he you could have said it. Honest could have gotten it unanimously, unanimously. But I feel like, you know, that second half of the season, I feel like the Lakers just like picked it up, as you were saying. Like on a, like, I feel like it's just something different. I feel yeah. like you can give it to Giannis, but at the same time, me, I feel like. You, if you may, I feel like the the Bucks could probably win the same. No, no, I can't say that because no, I can't say that. Nothing, not because I, I I was gonna say I feel like LeBron is just a little bit more valuable to his team. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like as you were saying, like if LeBron wasn't there, it would just be like the Pelicans again with just AD, you know, going out there getting fifty and then like just losing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like the Bucks, you know, it's very possible. I feel like LeBron, LeBron just brings more to the team, but I mean, that's yeah, just- I saw a post the other day. It was by a Bucks fan, so it was kind of biased. But he was saying that um, the same people that are saying, "Oh, Giannis has all this help around him," um, that's why he can't win MVP, are the same people that are saying, "Oh, the the pieces surrounding him aren't enough to win him a championship." So it's like, what is it? Like, does he have the right pieces, or like, does he not have enough help? So it's like you can't have both sides of the um. You can't have both sides of the argument and 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 still be right on something. So, uh, also some quick little stats here for Giannis. He ranks first in real plus minus, um, first in box plus minus, first in player impact plus minus, first in win shares, and has a true shooting percentage of sixty. For LeBron, he has an offensive rating of about one hundred thirteen point three and a defensive rating of one o which is a net rating of about 10.4, which is best for fifth in the league. He's second in real plus minus, fourth in blocks plus, box plus minus, fourth in player impact plus minus, and sixth in win shares, and has a true shooting percentage of 58.1. So their numbers are really close to each other, but I feel like Giannis has that edge. And plus he plays less minutes than LeBron, but you could also say that's part because of the team that he has around him. But it's because they the Bucks just outscore teams so dominantly. So word, word. But I mean, that's it for our award picks. Um, I guess let us know on Twitter at FBL NBA Pod how you guys would pick the awards to anyone listening out there. Um, but Rico, I wanted to ask you how you felt about the first couple um scrimmage games because I, I I spoke to um Jaleel and Frankie on Thursday, which was Friday's show, about like the differences without the crowd and like how players were playing and whatnot. So how'd you feel about the first couple um scrimmage games out there? It was pretty fun to watch, honestly. You know, seeing the the different courts and seeing like you know, a couple of the different, you know, teams play was actually pretty good. You know, seeing like teams like the Magic and I think I believe like the Pelicans, things like that. And even watching like the Nuggets, you know, how they brought out like Bull Bull and things like that. It was it was pretty good. A lot of the scrimmages, they were they were like only thing I could say with the scrimmages, but there is like, you know, it starts off with like couple like a little bit of action and it slows down towards the end. But that's just that's just because it's a scrimmage. But Seeing seeing a lot of the new lineups that teams are testing, you know, seeing Ben Simmons shooting and things like that, you know, the scrimmage has definitely been fun. That's fun to see. How do you feel about the um the factor of um 
the crowd, I guess, or no crowd. And um, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but they're testing out, um, well, not testing out, but they're actually going to implement these new um, video boards where they actually have fans from home. You can, um, I guess, be displayed on the board and you'll actually watch the game live from that feed. So you'll technically be in the crowd, quote unquote, but you'll be at home. And I think it's using Microsoft Teams that they'll be doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, the fans will be up on the board and they'll technically be in the crowd. But, yeah, how do you feel about how the crowd's been playing a factor or not been playing a factor, I guess, in the games and how that will look in the playoffs, I guess? I feel like the crowd not being there, I feel like that definitely changes the atmosphere of the games because I feel like there's no home court advantage. It's really just, you know, like the two, like I feel like it's really just basketball at that point with just, yeah. you know, the two teams going up and down with just the ref. I feel like that switches it from it. That switches the atmosphere and switches like the kind of pressure that's on you. You know, that's when like you start to see like a couple of other like players start to shine because, you know, some people might play a little bit more relaxed now that, you know, there's not that much pressure and like energy surrounding them. But I also mm-hmm. did see the 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 screen idea for the for for uh, fans to like basically video watching. I feel like that's a, that was a really good idea, and I feel like it'll look I feel like it'll look cool, like on like on the side of like the basketball court things like that. And I feel like I'm like I'm not mad if like they like they switch to having like having fans at the games with like just video and like on the screen or like, I feel like that versus like, you know, just not having fans altogether. I feel like, yeah. honestly, it doesn't, I feel like, honestly, I would probably prefer to not have like any of the fans. I feel like some games you can have like, you know, some fans like, like video and then things like that. Cause I just feel like the pressure just switches it kind of to a little bit more of like a, like a streetball kind of game where it's just like players are just like playing ball. And like, I feel like you're going to see different players out there playing definitely versus like, you know, the usual players you see out there just because the atmosphere is that different. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of a factor it's really going to play in those, those video boards. I don't know how much of a factor it really is mm-hmm. going to play. Cause I know some players do rely on the crowd somewhat for some sort of energy yeah some of the guys do feed off that but i know like the the professionals like the real pros pros out there won't really be i guess phased phased yeah phased or like um disrupted by that so because i know like guys like dame they said like it was definitely weird in the beginning of the game like like pre-game during the warm-ups and whatnot not hearing the chatter of the crowd but he said once he got into the game he was like locked in and whatnot so it didn't really phase him that much and he didn't really even notice it and that's why I noticed like what a lot of guys said. So I haven't really heard about any of the guys who said that um that the, the not having the crowd really affected them. So I I still think that I like having fans on the side. I feel like that was a really cool idea. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like it gives the fans a chance to um still be part of the experience. I'm gonna see myself if I could get myself into one of those video ends because. I would like to be on the video board up there rooting for um, any team. I, w- I wouldn't even care. But, um, yeah, we got a chance to see some new lineups out there with um, the Nuggets trying out, I guess you could call it tall ball with Bol Bol at small forward and Jokic at point guard. 
Um, that was interesting to see. I don't think I it, I I would like to see it against a team like Houston because of the they're they're such polar opposites. But I'm not sure how much that would really work. Um, in reality, because who would guard James Harden? Who would guard um Russell Westbrook and whatnot? That's where you need guys like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Torrey Craig. Um, I feel like, I feel like you know, it wouldn't be you know Jokic at like the I like the at the one spot though. I feel like they can probably pull something off where like they have like Jamal Murray and at the one, mm-hmm. like then maybe like Jeremy Grant at the two, then like Bobo at the three. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, Bobo at the four and have like. I don't know, maybe Michael Porter, if you know he's healthy or something. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's healthy. I mean, I saw him at the um, Nuggets practice taking jumpers, so or, I know he's with the team at this point. But, um, yeah, we also got to see Ben Simmons finally take um, a three, although it is scrimmage. Again, again, he takes it in, like, the most meaningless games ever. He took, yeah. he took, he took one against um, a team from, like, Taiwan in preseason earlier this year. He took one against the Knicks. We know the Knicks. Who cares? He took one against the Cavs. Who cares? He took one in, in scrimmage. I want to see seeding games because I know the Sixers do not want to stay in that sixth spot because they'll have to play they'll have to play Boston in the first round. I want to see if he takes it in those games. I want to see if he takes it in the playoffs. I want to see it when he when it matters. These games don't matter. So everyone could be all hype and whatnot. I may sound like a party pooper to some, but I still want to see it when it matters the most. Good that he's taking it, but like Giannis sucks at threes and he's been taking them forever. So doesn't mean nothing. That's facts. I be it's it's crazy. It's, um I kinda agree with you because you know, I feel like he also I feel like I also feel like he just takes it in like games where it don't matter. But I feel like, you know, like that's like that's cool and all, but until he takes it and like you know, like in like a, like an official game, you know, like it actually counts and matters and means something. Then then you know I'll like, then I'll like be like, okay, he's t- he's starting to take shots. But like you know, if you're just taking in like preseason, I can't really like get hype. I feel like that's just me seeing like okay, I mean okay, like you're practicing and you know, okay, but like Word. I feel like where where he is in his like where he is in like his career and where he can be, if he where he it's the fact that. How much different Ben Simmons could be as a player if he had a jump shot? I feel like at this point, you know, he just gotta he like he should definitely be like at least just taking the shots more because as you said, Giannis can't shoot, but he still takes them. Facts. It's all about. I think it's a mental thing too because he said they said that he actually met with a sports psychologist to, um, I guess get him to start taking them. So it had to be a mental thing that was stopping him from taking these threes because yeah he had to meet with a sports psychologist so um, yeah i did and, see that it's crazy and we also I got feel- go ahead nah i was nah it's okay you could go I was just but um yeah robert roberson finally stepped back onto the court um after they said it was 909 days, I think it has been, since he's been on an NBA basketball court. And he's out there taking threes, and he helped the Thunder win a game today. So, again, it doesn't mean much because it's in scrimmage, but it's good to see he's actually taking and making these threes. 
And I think he'll take them when it matters too, because he he was someone that didn't mind shooting because teams used to leave him open all the time. So it wasn't really a problem, but it's good to see him making them now. So hopefully, you know, maybe that could help OKC in their playoff run. You know, they're, 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 I think at the fifth, fifth spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're in the fifth spot. So, you know, they could make some noise in the playoffs. That's fine. Um, I guess that's it for today's show. Thursday, we will probably Thursday is actually um opening night. Oh snap! So Thursday night we'll break down, I guess, those games, and we'll have that up on Friday morning. So we will catch you guys on Friday. Yo, I feel like any of these listeners out there trying to play like fantasy the upcoming season, definitely you know, hit, hit us, us on, on Twitter. Like, hit us on Twitter, IG. Alright, that's it for today's episode, y'all. Make sure y'all um, subscribe if you enjoyed. Leave a rating, a review. Make sure y'all follow um, everything in the description. We got links to the um, twitter instagram pages below we also got um links to the website and the blog and that's it